1: and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quitgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: 20 minutes a day. 365 days
0: a year. Pack-A-Day Podcast.
1: Welcome in everyone to the Sunday episode of Pack-A-Day Podcast. You were with Jimmy and Dan, which I feel like this week is probably too much for your liking because we both filled in on multiple Andy Herman Pack-A-Day YouTube channels. And now here you are having to deal with us again on the Sunday episode of Pack-A-Day. But Sorry. Uh yeah. not that sorry, but uh this is damn. like
2: uh this is like you know that week um like the like the two weeks before Christmas when PTI is like uh always always like a fill in show like a fill in host or something. Yeah. That's what this whole week has felt like. It's like everyone's tuning in for Andy, and trust me, we've seen everybody clamoring for Andy <laughs> to come back. <laughs> and they're like like, oh no, it's Frank Isola again. Gosh dang it.
1: <laughs> I know. I learned very quick after one episode of Packaday YouTube not to look at the comments if yeah, you're not with out. Andy Herman because they do not like it, <laughs> which I don't blame them because comparatively, my brain is a five-year-old child to Andy's, but sometimes you need that in your life. You need childishness.
2: Right. The childlike wonder.
1: Yeah. How, how are you doing on Sundays now without football? Like, how do you feel your day?
2: Well, this is my first one so
1: oh the super Bowl was only last week huh? <laughs> i haven't i haven't officially even Dear had a sunday god it's
2: been yet. such a long week
1: <laughs> i honestly felt like the super Bowl was like three weeks ago at this point it's been such a long week <laughs> all right let me rephrase that how sure. are you gonna handle a sunday
2: uh-huh. NFL football? <laughs> yeah uh luckily as we get as we get closer to or we get farther away from the super bowl we get closer to warmer weather here in michigan and so that means outdoor projects that means going up north so that's when my that's where my time starts to get filled is travel and projects around the house there's almost no time to even think about a lack of a lack of football what about you
1: depression uh that's just kidding that's every day uh, he wakes up he lays
2: in bed for 12 hours
1: yeah don't talk to me kids uh i don't know probably yeah projects and stuff around the house we got a bunch of yard work just hanging out with the kids but nothing crazy i don't like baseball i'll probably watch the xfl Uf, or the ufl now while it's on just as something to distract me but i mean I there's down. plenty
2: of the what we do have thankfully march man is coming up soon That's going to start in two, three weeks. Right when that's done, we're going to jump straight into NHL and NBA playoffs. The Premier League title race is heating up.
1: Yeah, I follow that close.
2: Champions League finishing up. Buddy, we got we got a. it's it's the season of it's the season of champions.
1: I'm not. I didn't know <laughs> there's going so the, master, the masters in there. I did see Tiger Woods still suck. So there's that.
2: I saw Jordan. I saw got. I saw Jordan speed got kicked out of his, uh his uh, invitational this weekend because he um turned in a incorrect scorecard, which is something apparently golf still cares about at this day and age in 2024, ain't the year of our Lord
1: ain't cheating. Ain't trying. How can Sorry, you cheat I every every I don't know.
2: <laughs> they <laughs> have is- they have they have they have clips of guy of catching guys like sneaking off into the woods to take a leak like they're catching every stroke. You don't need to you don't need to do the scorecard thing anymore. Justice for Justin Speed.
1: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough uh, for today's episode though, we're going to jump in and we're each going to pick three players. Uh, that we think are going to take. This is the way too early prediction, and we know this, but I'll probably change it once training camp starts. We're going to pick three players each that we think are going to take a big step up next year, not just sophomore players, just anybody on the team that we think with uh, either defensive changes or just more experience in the system are going to take a a big leap next year. So, Dan, I'm going to actually, because I'm super polite and courteous, Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you go first.
2: Okay. I'm going to say one here to lead us off to test the waters and see, uh, am I going too obvious or do I need, do I need to kind of switch it up a little bit, but Lucas Van Ness, I think is just, it's a good one. It, it is that too obvious to say the first, the first round draft pick, the, the big, the he's supposed to be the big defensive game record. Like, is that too obvious to say?
1: I don't think so. I do because Packer, it's it's not like a guaranteed first round pick is gonna take a step up. You know what I mean? Like right. there's so many first round busts. So I don't think saying that you think he's and gonna I, take a step up is too obvious. And I think I think too,
2: what what really makes it not so much that it's not obvious, but one that I think is a good candidate for this topic is that look at the last first round pick they spent on an edge rusher, Rashawn Gary. And it was build him along slowly, work him in, you know, he needs to build, build up and get there. Now, Preston Smith is on the back nine of his career. He might not even be here this, this coming fall. You don't have Zadarius Smith. And Imbare is probably not going to be here for a good majority of the season if at all yeah this becomes now a situation where you don't really have the opportunity to play that Rashawn gary long game and so lucas needs to needs to be this guy now and i think even outside of that he's poised to do it faster than Rashawn gary he more than doubled his sacks this year than Rashawn Gary's rookie season output four sacks. That's, that's all right. That's, that's, you know, mid low tier, but like I, and two I think of them he's... were,
1: two of them were Justin Fields, which in my opinion, I know he's not the most talented quarterback. But that's but tricky to get him down is yeah. pretty impressive.
2: Yeah. So I, I think it, I think he fits this, I think he fits this pretty well because I think this is more than just a, Rashawn gary he needs to build some time let him get work behind the guys i think he is poised to be the next guy and so i think he's going to have that that jump this year
1: no that's a good one i i was considering him too because of especially because of the inambara injury and Mm -hmm. he will automatically be slotted in at in at least number three i i see the packers drafting an, an edge player uh just because one, it's a valuable position. And two, like you mentioned, Kingsley is going to be gone for most of the year and probably not full to himself this entire season. So you have mm-hmm. to have a backup plan there for that fourth edge rusher. Uh, but I know, I think that's a really good one. And we, we saw production out of out of him this year, which is yeah. already good. Cause like yeah. we knew going into the year, it was going to be that Rashawn Gary, limited touches. You have Gary ahead of you. You have Preston Smith who had a really good season. Uh, in my opinion is he will be here this year. Again, because of that yeah, I injury, that, that threw a big monkey wrench in a lot of things. Uh, but I think it's going to be a, a pretty solid three. And even Rashawn, like, there's going to be moments, I feel, this year. I know we're switching to the 4-3 defense, which doesn't mean as much nowadays because you're going to be playing a lot of nickel because that's just uh, how it is right now. But I could still see Rashawn moving in on the inside, even uh, Van Ness moving in on the inside too, just for a couple plays, throwing in some confusion. Uh, and I think they're both more than capable of doing that on a couple of plays if they really want to. So, who really knows? It could be it could be interesting this next year with Jeff yeah. Halfley. Anything's possible.
2: <laughs> and I think you mentioned the production, and we saw. I think we also saw progression as the season went on. I, I, it, it was there was there were times and increments where you could kind of see as the season went on. Okay, he's not doing this so much anymore. He's he's containing a little bit more. He's not overrunning plays. He's reading things a little bit. A little bit faster and so i think you know you questioned do you, would you have seen the same thing out of Rashawn if he got the same snaps who knows but he this just i think puts him into a prime situation to just explode next year
1: yeah yeah and we're still actually seeing Rashawn gary be too aggressive on some plays so i mm-hmm. do not think we would have seen that <laughs> 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 Rashawn gary has his strengths, and it is not run defense uh i'll go ahead and jump with my my first one I do have to say, his jersey's behind me. Audio. This is on audio so you can't see it. He is my he is my jersey curse breaker. Uh so I am definitely miss on him. And it's not Tucker Kraft what you might think, Dan. I was I'm going I was, with
2: That's what I thought.
1: Yeah, not him. I'm going with Romeo Dobbs. I think going into next year, part of the reason is like momentum. And I know there's going to be a long break, but this playoff, he was ridiculous. 151 yards and a touchdown against the Cowboys. Uh, Four catches, 83 yards against the 49ers. And we saw all season, he's a great red zone target for Jordan Love. And that Panther game too, it was happening a lot throughout the season. The Charger game, the Panther game, you saw in key moments when you needed a play, Dobbs was the guy. And another thing that I think is going to be going into his favor, Christian Watson I'm optimistic for him next season. One, they're getting his hamstring looked out looked at, and like taking it overly serious. I don't want to say overly serious, but they're they're leaving no stern stone unturned when it comes mm-hmm. to this. Like he's going to get to a specialist trying to figure that out. New strength and conditioning coach in for the entire team. I think he's going to have a bounce back season next year. And you look at Jaden Reed, you look at Luke Musgrave. Like there's so many other weapons on this team that I think Romeo Dobbs is going to be overlooked a lot of times at defense of like, let's let this guy beat us. Even though we've seen, he's beaten teams. Like we saw, like I said, the, the playoffs, he was on fire. The Panthers game, he was called on when it was needed to be. He had the most uh, red zone touch, or touchdowns this year for the team. Tied or uh, Jaden Reed for most touchdowns overall by a wide receiver this season. So like, he puts up numbers. And I think if he's going to be one that they don't focus on, and he can kind of slip through the cracks. I think, I, from a defensive perspective, I think he could really kind of stand out, especially in the beginning of the year, and kind of carve out a role for him. Because we we did see him disappear at times this year. Like, there's no going around that. But I think he can he can really step up if if defenses are realizing like, oh, there's a lot of talent on this team. We got to focus on. I think he has a he has a chance to to shine.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Yeah, that's It's interesting you bring that up because, like, I, I was going through this whole list. And I'm going down the list of the roster and everyone looking at it. And I'm like, who, who, who can I thank? You know, And it was really hard for me to find an offensive player that I, that I was like going to say has a big comeback year or a big bounce back year, or, you know, explode, you know, takes a big step in next season because everybody on that offense by and large set the bar pretty high. They all had moments, you know? Yeah. They, they, everybody had, everybody had a chance to shine. Everybody had, a moment and then at the end of the year the last couple of games of the season go into the playoffs it just felt like everybody on that offense was doing was was doing their best was running at the highest capacity and so when I think about taking a big step I almost am more concerned about a lot of those offensive players, Fading away, kind of fading back into the, to the regressing back to the mean, mean a little bit. But I think if, but I think you do have a point there of if we were going to pick anyone from this offense that maybe underperformed through no fault of like injury or, or anything, it just, like you said, it just felt like Dobbs wasn't the guy. He wasn't really kind of seeing the same targets or the same you know, uh, production out of what he was getting. So, yeah, I think if you had to look on any one of those offensive weapons, Dobbs is probably the guy that you could say is the best candidate to kind of reestablish themselves next season, you know?
1: Yeah, no. And I think part of it, too, is we, we saw so many players, to the point you were saying of, like, playing at such a high level at the end of the year, if we look at it the season next year, in reality, like those bow melting games probably won't happen because he shouldn't have seen the field unless of injury. Like that's right. why he was on the field. If Watson's healthy, if Dobbs is healthy, Jayna Reed, Wicks, they all missed time giving him that opportunity. Malik Keith, same thing. And even Tucker Craft to some, some extent. I think next year we'll see much more two tight end sets. But a lot of the opportunities and games we saw from this offensive like weaponry that we have was because of injuries and fingers crossed next year. We don't have to do that. So like right. they'll have a, they'll have a role on the team, but it's going to be, it's going to be minimized. And so I think that also gives Dobbs another chance to kind of like step up and be there because I don't, it's not a knock on his skill set or his talent. Cause it's there, you're in the NFL, you're talented as hell, but he will be at his best when he's not expected to be a one or two receiver like if he can be that third role people have compared him to James Jones so much last season and i really do think that's such a great comparison for him if mm-hmm. he's not your top guy but damn he's going to make a play when you need him to and he has incredible hands and by far in my opinion the best like aggressive hands on the team he will go up and he will snatch at at the highest point doesn't matter if it's contested contested which i think also carves out that role for him this year
2: yeah no i think i think you but you nailed all, I think you nailed your point, Jimmy. I think, you, I think you convinced me.
1: I just need him to do it so I can justify having his jersey. It's <laughs> like the real thing because if Todd texts me one more time that I curse players, <laughs> I'm going to have a problem. Uh, who's your second player?
2: Well, I guess I'll throw this one out here since you brought up an offensive player. Uh, and this was the, the one offensive player I was looking at of saying like who's going to take the biggest leap versus this year to next year. And I'll say Rashid Walker.
1: Oh, okay. I like that one.
2: So this kind of was a baptism by fire this year for Rashid Walker. And I think there, I think there was a, I don't think it was something that really truly affected him or this offense, but it felt like there was always the specter of David Bakhtiari. Yeah. Hanging around the the offensive line, you know, like, oh, this offensive line looks great. Imagine what it would be like with David Bakhtiari out there or something, you know, and not that it held him back. But I think maybe it was just it's something that just kind of always just hung around, like the thought of him. And it's like Rashid Walker feeling more like a like a, a hold the gap kind of guy versus. The future. Well, I yeah. think we've, I think after this season, I think we've kind of established Rashid Walker being the future of the left side of that offensive line. I think he rightfully should win the job. If David is not there. I also do sort of agree that if the right Deal or situation comes along, it's probably time to say goodbye to David Bakhtiari, yeah. um, and Rashid Walker. He's he's poised perfectly for this kind of role of being the big jump kind of player. He was the seventeenth best graded tackle by PFF, just kind of like right on the edge of that, the middle of the middle of the uh, middle of the league. There, he can this coming year be a guy that we don't really think about because we never hear about him anymore and it's because he's taken that next level and we're we're no longer wondering about who's protecting Jordan Love's left side for the next five eight ten years or so now it's Rasheed Walker and I think he is as opposed to like a lot of the other offensive players who, like I mentioned, like set the bar so high, he did pretty good. But he can he can really take it to the next level. He's got a lot of room to jump and like become a premier left tackle. And so I think that's part of it is the potential is there. He's got so much more to go. His ceiling is much higher. And so I'll say, I'll say Rashid Walker is, he was the only offensive player I could like put down.
1: I 100% agree. I think that's a great, a great pick for this. And one of the things too, that he, he brings is going into this draft because of the giant question mark around David Bakhtiari. His play has now really put the Packers in a position on the offensive line side of uh, everything of like best player available in the draft. Right. Like yeah. the, the need of like everyone saying, oh, it's going to be tackle in the first round. That slowly went away as the season went along because he showed like he is somebody who who can fill in. Is he a top five left tackle right now? No. This is his right. first year starting, and like you said, trial by fire was thrown in under probably the worst circumstance you could have. Of the, we finally thought we have we had Bakhtiari back. He played one game and then all suddenly disappeared, and now we have Rashid Walker, and we didn't even want him. We wanted Nijman. So it's like, he really did have such a crap start (laughs) to this, yeah. but I, uh, he played, he played really well. And I think he put the Packers in a great position to where if they do take a tackle in the second or third round, because they think that was the best player on the board, like, okay, then that, that's how it falls. And I, and Goody, I trust at this point, but he gives them so much flexibility in the first few rounds to like really address holes on the defense. Uh, and I'm with you. I do think he's. He's put his name in as the successor to to Bakhtiari with this year's play of if we don't draft a tackle this whole draft I'm perfectly fine with it because of how he was this year I think we will just because we'll need one because I, yeah, I don't know if gone, I' am necessarily
2: be okay with not drafting a, a tackle but
1: yeah you know what the, I mean yeah, but' we'll I know draft one as a backup if we don't draft like a high a high end
2: yeah. look to him to be right. the
1: starter tackle. I'm fine with but that I mean, because... you
2: you raise a good point there. Is like when we were when we were at that point of the season where we were losing to the Broncos and Steelers, and everyone was projecting us to be picking top ten. Yeah, like all the mock drafts were. You know, people were like, "Oh, can we can we jump up and somehow snag Marvin Harrison Jr.?" Like, could could we possibly make it happen? And everyone was like, "If they're picking top ten, they're picking one of these tackles. Like, you know, yeah. they're gonna pick one of these one of these big name." tackles that's out there and yeah like you said his play pretty much shut everybody up and said like oh no we can we can go elsewhere we can go elsewhere first round even if they ended up top 10 i still think the play that he had changes yeah. that that whole outlook at the draft
1: yeah no absolutely uh to jump into the next one we're going this is actually my one defensive player i did two Ooh. offensive yeah getting frisky uh for this one i'm going Car- uh carrington valentine uh, for mine. Uh talking about someone that was kind of thrown in trial by fire of we had our D back set for the top three of Alexander, Razul Douglas, Nixon at the start of the year. Like those were the guys. Obviously Bayer battled injury. We traded Razul away. Carrington Valentine had to step in and at times play across from not an all pro cornerback in Jai Alexander. He had to be the number one because the opposite of him was Corey Ballantyne. And he did really well. He had five pass breakups. And I think the biggest compliment you could get was uh, St. Brown on the lions. He has a podcast with his brother, the other mm-hmm. St. Brown on the bears. Uh, and going into playoff time, he said like, he did not want to see the Packers. And he brought up Valentine specifically saying like this young guy, is in your face, nonstop, just talking trash, always there. And I think that's incredible. For someone who was just thrown in, who there's a game where he was on Justin Jefferson. like That week, what was it, week 17 game, Valentine mm-hmm. uh, Ball- had some plays on him, but Cor- Carrington Valentine was the guy, and he was on Justin Jefferson a lot, and we shut them down. Granted, their quarterback sucked, but I'm going to ignore <laughs> that fact. And just to bring him in there, and he, he played so well. And the confidence and swagger he has, which can be so annoying at times if you're an offensive player, but that's exactly what you want. Like as a cornerback, you need to be in their face. You need to have the Conor McGregor mentality of no one's going to beat you. You're the best in the world, even if at times it's not true because you're going against you're, you're playing the hardest position, in my opinion, on the field outside of quarterback. Like you're, you, you're playing fully reactionary and you have to be on your game the entire time. And he he did so well as such a late round pick, uh, and I think if he's given more opportunity with a coordinator like Jeff Halfley, who is more of a press man uh, press man philosophy, one safety uh, deep back there, I think I think there's a chance he really can step up because still we don't know what's going to happen with Eric Stokes. Even if he's back, we could see Jair finally go into the slot, which fans have been begging for, which would leave Valentine and Stokes on the outside. Like there's so many possibilities for this defense that I think he could he could have a big a big role next year.
2: Yeah, I I mean I don't have much more to say about this because I'm I'm just I'm smitten with Carrington Valentine. I'll tell just you, so, like,
1: it's, I have a crush on him for sure. Dude. I, it's oh my <laughs> god, like
2: because he, because the difference between him and Jair, it's Jair was a first round pick. He had yep. the talent and the pedigree and everything to back it up, and it's like yeah, he's everyone knows Jair. Jair's going to go out and and take everybody on, you know, with Carrington Valentine, he was what a a fifth, fifth or sixth round pick. He was the day three pick. Yeah. Like, and he came out there as if he was the number one overall pick and knew it, you know, and yeah, so much dude talk so much did not care who it was. The only reason I didn't include him on my list was because
1: we just don't know what that floor is yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, he did have a rough game. I, I don't mean to cut you right. off. And he, <clears throat> that Broncos game against Cortland mm-hmm. Sutton, that was his low point of the year because right. they, they targeted him because, and to, not to defend him like a protective parent, but <laughs> Sutton's good. So it's not like he was getting beat by some scrub. Like Sutton's a great, sure, great sure. wide receiver. But at the time, if I'm going to be here and be like, he's going to take a step up. He did did good against justin jefferson you do need to see him do well against Cortland sutton
2: yeah no i mean you know and that that's exactly that's exactly the point is like we've we haven't seen it consistently enough um and you know you just you just wonder and that's that's what kind of scares me away from a lot of the a lot of the projection about the offense too is how much of how much of this year was a flash in the pan How much of this year was everyone got hot? How much of this was this year? Everyone was over their skis and, you know, didn't didn't care. And so it just didn't matter. You know, like how much how much of it was that? How much of it was? Oh, we've we nailed all of these picks or we these guys are actually really good. But it doesn't scare me enough away to disagree with you on it at all, because, yeah, this he could be he could be one of those guys that comes out here and like 5 years from now everyone's like how did green bay end up with this guy in the yeah. you know in the 5th 6th round whatever it was and now green bay's got this kicky in the teeth secondary you know hair on fire defense that's won them four straight super bowls you know what where did where did carrington valentine come from in all of that yeah. so um yeah, I love that pick. I love that pick, Jimmy.
1: Do you, do you find yourself – I 100% do have like number nostalgia of the fact that like Carrington Valentine's 37 and Sam Shields again like undrafted comes in, love, oh, paves a paves way for himself and has such a great career with the Packers, went out for the Rams for a season. But like him being 37 just makes me love him more. And I find myself with players and numbers all the time of like, if they get a certain number, I'm like, yeah, they're good. Doesn't matter. I don't <laughs> care. I ignore everything else. I'm like it's destiny, dude. It doesn't matter. Uh,
2: it's the eighty. It's the 87 with Dobbs. Like that's why I love. Yeah, that's why that's part of why I love Dobbs is it's just that 87. Like there's some of these numbers that just kind of stick with you, man. Yeah. Oh, I loved. I loved little Sammy Shields, man. I, I and I yeah, Carrington Carrington Val Sam Shields felt like a, uh, like the, the, if Carrington Valentine is Bart Simpson, Matt, uh, Sam, Sam Shields is Todd and Rod Flanders, like the, like the, the very, the very nice, wholesome guys, you know, and, and Carrington Valentine's going to shoot you with a, with a slingshot.
1: I need the next running back we draft to have 35. So I can have another good running back at 35, like Sam Congato, <laughs> another Sam Congato. I need another Sam Congato in my life. Was it uh the,
2: yeah. did, did Aaron Ripkowski wear thirty five? Was he the last thirty five? Oh, he yeah, I think he did. Or was he?
1: Yeah, he. I think he had to be because uh, that beard. Coon that beard was thirty. Oh yeah, yeah. He was thirty, and Coon then Kuhn was, was still on was the next, team,
2: right? right? Yep. Yeah. At the time, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's spend
1: the rest of this thing just talking about let's random just players. Talk about and numbers. numbers. <laughs> All right, um, who's the last one?
2: So I'll give you two OLIs here, outside looking in, who I wanted to include, but I'm kind of backing off them um, a little bit.
1: Okay.
2: Um, Carl Brooks, I threw on there out of an ob- obligatory. I have to because oh. I, I have a, I s- yeah. I spent I spent five years at Bowling Green. Um, he just it, he the thing that just with him is like I think we've seen pretty much what he's going to be able to do. Like yes. Like, I think this is this is about it, maybe a little bit more, probably not a lot more. Um, I wanted to do Eric Stokes, you know, as well, because I think yeah. he if they can just figure out this training situation and get these hamstrings figured out. God just feels like there's so much potential with Eric Stokes hooked up there
1: and such um, a good system for him, too.
2: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, The one I'm going to go with, though, and it's my last one because it's a little bit more of a reach. I'll say Anthony Johnson.
1: Oh, I like. Okay. I really like this one.
2: And really, I just put this up there because the safety position is completely up for grabs. I don't necessarily think he fits exactly the kind of safety that Jeff Halfley likes to have run that one single high safety defense. It's not the exact mold, you know? But. It's more of a situation of, well, who else is it going to (laughs) be like Savage is probably gone. Rudy Ford is not going to be your safety of the future. Jonathan Owens had pretty good moments. I just don't know if I trust him as a as the guy.
1: I feel like they bring him back as a we need someone to step in and play a couple games and you'll bring yeah. him back on a cheap deal. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. So it's, it's more just like, okay, like Anthony Johnson, like the opportunity is here for you. You're the youngest guy in this position group. We've got a new defensive coordinator coming in. Who's already cleaned house, cleaned house coaching wise. Does he clean house out of the, probably the worst position group on this team and say Anthony Johnson you've got the inside track now as we bring in you know a veteran or or rookies or whoever Anthony Johnson just has it feels like in that kind of situation has the inside track like I said to say this is me I can be your I can be your single high safety I can be your guy let me prove it to you because he he was active for more games than any other safety this year he played a ton of special teams obviously he wasn't playing mostly defense but he's still out there he's still there he's still around this team a lot more i just i just feel like he can if anybody has the potential to take over that safety group out of the guys that are on that team he's got the highest ceiling
1: yeah i i 100 agree i think one of the things, too, is we saw this year the mentality of the team was let the young guys play and figure it out. And I mm-hmm. think the the retooling or rebuilding, whatever you want to call it and complain about on Twitter, we we jumped way further ahead than we thought. And I think mm-hmm. next season, for that safety position, that's still a position in that it will be in let the young guys play. We're going to draft somebody that's going to be in there. Anthony Johnson is a second-year player. Like They're still going to be in that mindset of, let those guys play and figure it out who we have because other positions on that team, that defensive line stacked linebackers for the most part are figured out. The question is, is Devondre Campbell back? If he's not, you have Quay Walker, McDuffie. The question really is that safety position. And I think they're going to let Anthony Johnson just to be able to see what they have in him, which gives him the perfect chance to either prove it or not. But either way, you'll have a much bigger, a much bigger impact than he did last year than just being on special teams. Uh, but to go back to a point that you, you brought up a player, you brought up before I go into my last one, Carl Brooks was actually somebody that I was debating putting on here, but I think this defensive line with the four, three shift is going to have such a change. in. yeah, I think TJ Slayton is going to have the biggest knock of his playtime is going to go down. He's going to be more of a, in certain circumstances, he's going in there, but when you go into that four, three, Kenny Clark's not coming off like right. rarely, like that's him. So it's really going to be. Carl Brooks and Wyatt are going to be fighting for that next spot. And I think that first, my thing to not put Carl Brooks on there was Wyatt's first round pedigree.
0: Yeah. Granted,
1: he he played well. I don't want to knock him and say he's only getting plenty of time because of the first round name on him. I think that's, I think there might be a hindrance in, I don't want to say regression, but a a stop to him taking that next step next year with Carl Brooks because there might not be as many chances to get on the field when you're really putting in on your base defense to interior defensive linemen which was a a thing I that stopped me from putting him on my list
2: but you know what something just like they at Bowling Green they moved him around that defensive line you know okay and so I'm not saying that he'll be an edge rusher but maybe there are times where if they are running a little bit more ragged on the defensive edge side of things he comes in on some specialty packages because I mean the thing is just with him is like He's they're gonna find a way to put him on the field because the guy just has a motor, you know. He, he just, he, he's got that Mike Daniels mentality of like, you're gonna drag me off of this field. Like, you know, I'm out here to make a play. You need to find me a place to make a play.
1: There is a sense of like the small, and not that Mike Daniels was a smaller school, he went to Iowa, but with the smaller school guys going to like Bowling Green, like, there is that there's a much bigger chip on their shoulder. And I Mm -hmm. feel like they have that motor of like, hey, I did not have apparently the talent in some people's eyes to make that D, like that top Alabama, Ohio State school. And I feel like when they get to the league, they're do. they much more to have that motor of like, I don't care. I'm going to figure out a way to make a play, Mm -hmm. which I do love Carl Brooks. Just have him come on here and then he can tell us. I'm working on it.
2: I am working on it. I've been talking with Carl.
1: Perfect. All right, I'll go. I'll go into mine last one, and you gave a caveat on a person you were gonna pick. So I, a person I was going to was actually gonna be Anders Carlson. Uh, (laughs) I was just in the sense, just in the sense of if he makes his extra points, damn, that is a step up from last year. (laughs) <laughs> like, that's all it took in my brain of like, my dude, make your extra points and we're golden. Like you were hitting some 50 yarders. Yes, you messed uh-huh. up other plays, but hit those, those extra points. I'm happy. I decided <laughs> not to do that. Uh, I'm actually going with the player different than the other ones that I mentioned, who this year did make a big name for himself. And I think next year is going to put himself in the top of his position in the NFL. And I'm going with Zach Tom. Uh, I think, I think last year that right tackle position, he went into the year, he played some guard, he played some tackle. Uh, he, even in training camp, he was being a backup center to, to Josh Meyer. We thought maybe he'd take that over. He was predominantly minus like four snaps at center. When Josh Meyer went out, he was the right tackle for this team. And he played so well. He gave up two Mm -hmm. sacks all year. He gave up a couple you're going to give up, uh, hurries and pressures that just that's what happens in the NFL you're not going to play a position on the offensive line and not give it up but when you look at those those playoff games like they held Michael Parsons in check they held Nick Bosa in check and he was such a big part of that and I think going into next year like he he had to put weight on this year to be ready for this position and I think having now another offseason of like I'm the guy at right tackle I know how to prepare myself I know what I need to do I just think he's going to come in here and he, he did so well. And we saw this year, how much of an impact it was when he was out of that game, like that 49ers yeah. game changed when he had to leave because of that concussion. Yep. Like it was such a big impact on this offense. And I think next season is his year to really solidify himself as I'll say for sure. Top 10, but I am biased as hell. So I'm going to say top five, right tackle in the league. I think he has all the talent to do it. And he have two first names. You're destined for greatness. <laughs> so that's the, the key analysis. Yeah.
2: You know, just like other greats like Benedict Arnold. Um, yeah, exactly. We love him.
1: <laughs> we, who
2: doesn't love <laughs> a good Benedict Arnold with some days? Um <laughs> No, I think that I think that's a I think that's a really good one too. Is that it's 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 less that it's less a lot of these picks of guys that were it's less of a Rashid Walker where it's he's you know at a. 10 11 12 and can make the jump to a seven six five it's a guy that was like a seven six five and can make a jump to a three two one mm-hmm. you know and in the nfl those those can be some of the margins yeah. you know i mean already look like like you said when zach Tom went out look what happened that that drop and that's just you know one of those things like look back at um, the Tampa Bay NFC championship game a couple of years ago, Bakhtiari goes out, drop, you know, huge drop off when you're used to that kind of level. It, it, it's a, it's a bigger drop. And I think, yeah, Zach Tom has done a really good job this year of Zach. Tom did a really good job this year of never being noticed, which is exactly yep. what you want out of, your offensive linemen, especially your tackles. Everybody else on that offensive line had a moment or had, you know, a, some kind of glaring thing or, or something, a stretch of games or something where it was, you know, Rasheed Walker had a cup, had a stretch where he, he struggled a little bit. Josh Myers is obviously still up and down. The guards are the guards at times. Um, but like Elton Jenkins is maybe the other, only other one that you could yeah. say is those two guys, you never hear about them. And Elton Jenkins, you can almost say like Zach Tom is in the Elton Jenkins situation a couple of years ago. Like Elton Jenkins was sort of at that, you know, hot, low top 10 and was able to kind of really push himself up more. And Zach Tom's got the chance to do the same thing.
1: And another similarity between the two is they can fill in other positions. Like mm-hmm. we don't want Elton Jenkins to have to move to tackle. We saw that's not a strong suit. But if you have to do it, you have to do it. And Tom can move to guard. He can move to center. And another thing that was impressive with him was towards the end of the season, he was, he was playing at this high of a level, having a rotation at the right guard next to him. Like he had to play with Runyon. He had to play with uh, Sean Ryan and shameless plug. Like we talked to Joe Thomas before we talked to other players of the sense of like that cohesion on the offensive line is important. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's something that's looked over so much of like, we always look at the connection between quarterback and wide receiver, like connection between this offensive line is important as hell. And he had a play with two different people, random series for the last six, seven weeks of the season. So for him to do that too, and still play at that level, I think uh, hopefully next year we do have that right guard figured out, whether it is Sean Ryan or we draft somebody high in the draft, like to have someone that's just concrete at that position, I think can only boost him next season. Yeah,
2: no, I totally agree. Jimmy, I think we nailed this. I think we absolutely nailed this.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. We are 100% correct. 100% correct. I'm just going to, when we need an episode later on in the offseason, I'm just going to send the same exact one to Andy and be like, just replay (laughs) it, dude. It's the same stuff, man. Run it. (laughs) I do have a random, not random. I do have a put you on the spot question. One player opposite of what we're doing right now. One player Uh you think could regress next season.
2: Isaiah McDuffie.
1: You piece
2: of <laughs> I know Don't I know dare, dude. I know I know He it just was it, it's It's more just about that whole linebacker Position of that We've it, it, We've been clamoring for You know a solidification Of the middle of that defense For years and it seems Like it kind of comes and it goes You think you've got it and then it, 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 It's fool's gold it's not Really there and he, out of anybody on this defense, kind of felt like he scratched and clawed his way into that role. And so I worry just about if he needs to start playing more time and there's nobody, there's not a lot to fill in next to him. You know, it's they're not rotating him in and out with you know with quay or with Devondre, if devondre has gone and and he's the guy and needs to be playing more does he regress slightly
1: yeah no that is a good pick damn it that's such high so so hopes dan and i ruined it for me <laughs> no, uh mine was i already mentioned before i i went with tj slayton on that one yeah. of just the sense of i don't know what his role will be uh, I think being just a true nose tackle, kind of like he was this year, like how he fits into this new style of a base four three, obviously packages come in there and that changes. So he'll have a role. I just think it'll be a little bit diminished. Uh, so just seeing how, if he can make the most of his his time on the field is going to be for me. Uh, but we'll wrap it up now. We went way longer than I expected because we all honestly, I always, always do. I always tell do. Dez of like, Hey, it'll be like 20 minutes. And then I'm like 40 minutes into an episode
2: yeah kelsey knows to add 20 minutes on to any any time i tell her it'll take to record an episode
1: perfect i gotta start just telling Des even longer just and then tell her to add 20 minutes on. it's, Lomb-
2: it's lombardi time we all have to run on lombardi time
1: <laughs> <laughs> I for real, so go ahead before we wrap it up where can people find you follow you all your stuff
2: sure um anything that i've got going on anything that i'll be doing and releasing in the off season will be uh out on my twitter at dk all the way it's the best place to find me
1: beautiful same here anything i do articles podcasts uh follow me on twitter jimmy underscore c08 you'll get that uh random ufc tweets and random pictures of my kids uh but (laughs) appreciate you listening subscribe on your podcast platform as the kids say youtube channel like subscribe don't leave me comments when i fill in for andy or dan does but Uh, We appreciate you listening. And as always, go Pack Go.